Welcome to another edition of FastCast. Today, we will be interviewing Matt Portnoy, the SBIR slash STTR program manager for the National Institute of Health. Matt will talk about the funding priorities for NIH, the importance of reaching out to program managers and staff at the agency, and some tips, tricks, and advice for first-time appliers. Today, we have a very special interview. We're going to be talking to Matt Portnoy, who is the NIH SBIR STTR program manager. Matt, if you could uh, introduce yourself to our um, listening audience here. Well, thanks very much, Dal, for having me here today. Um, my name is Matt Portnoy. I am at the National Institutes of Health, um, and I am the SBIR and STTR program manager or coordinator for NIH. And in fact, also on behalf of the entire Department of Health and Human Services. NIH is approximately 99% of the HHS SBIR program. And so we, uh, my office coordinates the overall whole thing, but we also have the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, Food and Drug Administration, FDA, Administration on Community Living, ACL, also a part of the HHS SBIR program, and my office coordinates all of it. That's actually great information for our audience because a lot of them will actually run into that problem when we tell them, well, they go, well, I'm looking at an NIH, I'm seven, and it's like, well, technically the manager is the HHS, but sure, I get what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, there is some overlap in what we do with uh, CDC and FDA also, since we're all basically, of course, health-related agencies, but they do have some specific SBR topic areas they list in our solicitation that they're interested in, and we do want to make sure that they get, you know, a good uh, set of referrals and applications so they can spend their uh, SBR set aside as well. Gotcha. Great. Well, and that's great information. Um, so today we got a couple questions for you just mainly about um, the NIH priorities, how the SBIR STTR program works for them, and really some tips, tricks, just any insight you can give. So our first question today is, what are your agency's funding priorities for the SBIR and STTR programs? Sure. So let me start by saying, you know, we are as the second largest federal agency in SBIR and STTR. And this year, our overall SBIR STTR budget is now over $1 billion for the first time. Wow. So we are at $1,073,000,000 and counting. So um, it's very exciting to kind of hit the big B finally with the Department of Defense. Um, as such, and also as NIH is a agency that has 27 institutes and centers, 24 of which do SBIR, we have a very broad mandate and mission. And so we have, I would say, a lot of funding priorities. Um, our overall goal, of course, is to improve public health, and that means everything. Um, and so we have, and it's what we're interested in is pretty easy to figure out if you look at the names of our institutes, that'll tell you. We have a National Cancer Institute, National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, National Eye Institute, so on and so forth. So if you're, if you're working in areas related to any human disease, any human condition, um, whether it be drugs, uh, medical devices, healthcare, IT, research tools, clinical tools, we want it all. And in fact, NIH, as a primarily a granting agency, has what we call investigator-initiated funding opportunities, our main parent solicitations. While we do have a 200-some-odd-page list of interest areas and priorities from our institutes, we want anything related to public health. And so even if you roll, you roll through that document, you search, you don't see exactly what you're doing. If you're in public health, and you're doing something for biomedical uh, health, 
we want it. And you can definitely contact us and we will find you a home. Okay, All okay. of that said, we do have a number of high priority areas that are of interest to us, especially as Congress has told us this and appropriated in some cases special monies for these areas and that some of those special monies trickle down and participate in SBR as well. So we are, of course, interested um, in we have a, a large program in Alzheimer's disease and related dementias. And we have special extra money um, overall and for SBIR related to Alzheimer's disease and research and especially in tools and diagnosis and drugs for Alzheimer's. We have new a new area this year um, is of interest to the administration in opioid and substance abuse disorders. And so we'll be having coming soon new funding opportunities, including some in SBIR related to um, opioid technology. And um, finally, another large area is a brain and neurological disorders research. We have uh, something at the NIH called the Brain Initiative, and that covers many institutes and a lot of different types of neurological disorders. Those, and that's to say, not cut any other scientific area short, we are interested in cancer and in heart disease and in diabetes, but those are some of the hot top level signature uh, priorities uh, the past year or two, but we are interested in anything related to public health. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so would it would be it, applicable to say that kind of as big and large health issues come up across the state of um, America and across the U.S. that those possibly turn into cyber topics based on need and based on Congress? They very much do. And so, you know, in the past several years when there's been Ebola outbreaks and Zika outbreaks and public health, even not even U.S.-based, but worldwide emergencies, we do... Um, a, put out special funding opportunities in overall and for SBR in these areas, but two, also will encourage applicants to submit to our general parent solicitation. So even though we may not, you know, and to, in order to be timely, even though we may not have a funding opportunity at, for say, Zika, they can definitely submit to our parent um, announcement and it will go to the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, who covers technology in the area. So because as, as another unique part of our agency, is that we have three receipt dates a year, all year, every year. And so an applicant is never more than four months away from a due date. So we're, we, because of that, and because we have investigator-initiated um, parent solicitations, we can be very responsive to emerging public health threats around the world. That's great. Um, so now that we're talking about actually diving in through the topics and talking yep. about, you know, small businesses finding a fit. How important is it for a small business to reach out to a program manager at NIH or slash HHS for idea validation and questions before they even start the proposal process? It's incredibly important. And I would say and argue it's one of the most important things an applicant can do. And as a granting agency, um, we have no blackout period or period where you cannot contact us. So we encourage applicants, potential applicants, awardees to contact us early. How early? It's never actually too early. Ideally, months before you're planning to, uh, uh, to submit. You, pick it, you work on a deadline, you work backwards from that plan, and ideally you contact us months in advance. You can contact my office directly, or you can contact a program officer. If not, we'll refer you. We like for you, if you don't send it to us, we'll ask for a short 
non-confidential abstract or summary of your technology. We'll use that to refer you to the right SBIR subject matter expert at NIH for a more detailed conversation. And you can use it for idea validation. Is my idea of interest to NIH within the mission of one of our institutes? Um, and also to get specific uh, questions answered about the submission process, agency priorities, funding likelihood, uh, things of that nature. Okay, great. So that's now two big pieces of advice and information you've passed on to the audience. What do you think is kind of the most important piece of information for first-time applicants to know about your agency and that application process? I think aside from speaking to us early and often, the most important piece of advice is to plan and submit early. Um, these are, while the meat of your application, the research strategy section is six or 12 pages, depending on whether it's phase one or two, there is a host of additional material you have to prepare for it. The budget, the bios, the facility statement, letters of support. And you have to work through our grant submission system, uh, registering in the five systems in DUNS, System for Award Management, SAM, SBA, Grants.gov and NIH ERA Commons, this all takes time. And unfortunately, we do tend to see people submitting the last hour or two, and worst case, the last 10 or 15 minutes before a deadline. Applicants can um, really prevent a world of hurt if they submit days early. When we say submit early, we mean days, even a week not hours or minutes. The system is open 30 days before a deadline. You can get the maximum amount of help if you submit a couple of days early or a week early, and you can go in with the uh, peace of mind that your application is in there and done well before the deadline. Gotcha. Well, and that's also very um, timely information with the new changes to SAM registration and how long it is taking people to move through that. Now you have to provide us a notarized letter of who you are. Yes, you know, we are well aware of the current SAM changes and the fact that changed a week before our April 5th deadline. And so we are happy and willing to work with applicants on that. And in fact, NIH just released an overall policy guide notice about the SAM notarized letter registration issue and that we will give some leeway uh, for late submission if they run into SAM issues and they make a good faith effort to get that done on time. I, I don't have the notice in front of me, but if you Google NIH uh, SAM in 2018, you will likely find the relevant policy notice. It's not specific to SBIR. It's for all of our submissions, but it includes SBIR as well. And that will lay out our late submission policy and how the SAM, new SAM registration issues interact with that. That's we want to be as helpful as possible to applicants. Gotcha. And that's actually great. Um, I'll make sure to um, send that out to all of our um, clients in an email blast. Um, Hopefully That's today, great. depending on how the rest of the day goes. That's great. And I want to uh, emphasize that's not a substitute for last-minute registrations. Applicants have to make a good-faith effort to start the registration process if they're a first-time submitter six to eight weeks in advance of a deadline. And it's necessary for that because there's five systems and frequently one requires the other. So you have to register in DUNS. You have to have a, a company form. And we get that question a lot too. Do I have to have a company form? Yes, you have to have a company form. You have to have your EIN number from the IRS to get a DUNS number. You need a DUNS number to register in SAM. You need SAM, and SAM is the, the slow point. SAM can take a week or two or more 
depending on the, and you need a SAM to register in grants.gov and ERA Commons and SBA. So you have to plan well in advance months uh, for a submission. Gotcha. Okay. So what is, you kind of already touched on, you know, kind of really important information for our audience to know. If you could come up with what is the one best piece of advice you have for our audience in regard to your agency's um, application process, what is that biggest piece of advice, almost that crystallizing facet? We get that question a lot, and I'm going to combine two into one. And it's going to be contact a program officer early and plan your submission early. And that will solve 99% of your challenges. Waiting to the last minute, not contacting us with questions in advance. And, you know, we are open. We are very responsive. You will find NIH staff, my staff, program staff at the institutes, very responsive. Ideally, you want to send an intro email asking for a time to set up a phone call. And you will typically get a response pretty quickly and can set that up. That's actually great that y'all take the time to actually have a phone call with um, somebody who's interested in your agency rather than just saying, okay, well, here's my standard email form. Um, ask me if you have any additional questions. Which right. And we know we want to be helpful and we pride ourselves on that, in fact. And as a, a granting agency, since um, it's part of our jobs to do outreach and engage with the community and be as helpful as we can. And, you know, we're all people, we all have schedules, but we will get back to you um, reasonably quickly. And if you don't, just follow up. You know, occasionally people are out of town, they're on travel, they're on vacation. Um, if you don't get a response in what you feel is reasonable time, um, email back, call, or contact me. And sometimes I can uh, kind of push the button a little bit and help get you a response. But that's a very rare occasion. Most of the time you're going to write us or write one of our staff and you'll get a response pretty quickly and get all of your answers, uh, questions answered. Gotcha. Well, this has been a great um, interview, um, Matt. I thank you again for taking the time out to actually talk to our audience. Um, and it's great because we have in New Mexico a lot of people that are interested in healthcare and a lot of people that are interested in distressed rural communities, the historically underserved, and how they get better access to health tools. So this has been a pleasure, and we thank you again. It's my pleasure as well, Dell. Good luck, everyone. And if anybody has questions, they can feel free to contact my office through email at sbir at od.nih.gov.